God, thank you so much for your word. I pray that you'd speak it into our hearts right now through Jesus Christ our Lord and help me to proclaim your word to your people today boldly and faithfully to the glory of Jesus. Amen. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. How I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Oh, why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me, therefore I remember you from the hand of the Jordan and of Herm- from the land of Jordan and of Hermon from Mount Mizar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with a deadly wound in my bones, my adversaries taunt me, while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And then in 1 Corinthians 13, you don't really need to turn there, there's just one verse. So now, faith, hope, and love abide. These three, but the greatest of these is love. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. May God bless to us this reading from his Holy Spirit. Well, this passage uh, from Psalm 42 really came into my mind over the last few days as I've been watching Parliament. And, uh, And I find myself feeling a little sicker and sicker and sicker all the time you know this this gnawing sense in the pit of my stomach about how long is this going to go on how long are we going to be talking about you know these things i i now use the b word as one of the swear words you know if i stub my toe you know it's like oh brexit uh you know this is uh that's uh so so i i, I kind of transformed that word in my my own my own life you know uh, and, 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 you know, it's a real, real struggle here. And I'm looking at all of this, and, and it just doesn't seem to get better. It seems to get worse, and, and uh, uh, everybody's accusing people of everything else. And, and, uh, and I look at this, and I, I kind of ask myself sometimes, where is the hope for our nation? Where is the hope for our nation? Really, sometimes I say, where is the hope for our world? Because I look at the United States, and sometimes this is just as big a mess, uh, and things that are going on, and the increase of persecution of Christians and things, and, 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 and it can sometimes almost lead me to feel a little bit hopeless about the whole thing. 
You know, the times we're in, they, they almost seem hopeless. We talk about climate change, and, and, uh, and every day there's a, there's a new news story about climate change and the destruction that it's going to bring and all the things that we need to do in order to reverse climate change. And actually, I look at that and say globally, in order to get everybody working together to do that, I don't really see much hope in that. And it's easy to get caught up and get trapped in that sense of hopelessness. And hopelessness is really dangerous because if you're hopeless, you stop living. In fact, literally, extreme hopelessness can be fatal. If you have no hope whatsoever, if you experience no hope whatsoever, it can be fatal. You, you will literally just stop living because hope is essential for life. Psychologists know that. Sociologists know that. We need to have hope. We need to have hope. But the question comes, what kind of hope? And hope in what? And, and is hope in these hopeless times even possible? And who can give us hope? Who can speak a word of hope in these hopeless times. Uh, one of the reasons why we churn through leaders, whether it's church leaders uh, or whether it's political leaders or whether it's leaders in companies and organizations is because every time we get a new leader, people start thinking, ah, there's hope. There's hope. You know, they, we've got a new prime minister. Finally, there's hope. We have a new CEO of our company. Finally, there's hope. We have a new minister in our church. Finally, there's hope. And we start to put our hope in those people and, and our hope in those circumstances. And then when they fail and when it all falls apart, we lose our hope. We lose our hope and we go back to the same place. Or if that person is not immediately correcting our sense of hopelessness, if that person is not bringing us instant solutions that at least make us feel better, then before we know it, we get rid of them and try to find somebody else that might bring us hope. So hope is a commodity that we desperately need in this hour, and hope is what I'm going to be talking about these next several, uh, the next couple, next couple of months. We're going to be looking at hope, we're going to be uh, thinking about hope, and the Bible has a whole lot more to say about hope than sometimes we realize. And so we'll be examining the scriptures and see how they speak to us in the midst of these sometimes hopeless times that we live in. How can we as Christians have hope that goes beyond all other forms of hope in a way that encourages us to keep living and living life to the fullest knowing that we have hope? Knowing that we have hope. In fact, for us, so often in the church, hope is the excluded middle. It's the missing middle. Notice what Paul says here in this, this text. Best love, one of the best love texts in the, in the scriptures. He said, now, you know, faith, hope, and love, these three abide. But the greatest of these is love. And we like that. But if you're like me, most of the churches that I've seen we talk a lot about love. We talk a lot about faith. 
but we don't talk a lot about hope. Hope is kind of the missing middle in all of this. We encourage people to love and, and we'll point them to the fact that love in this context is not some emotional feeling. It's the zealous self-giving of oneself for the benefit of other people. The zealous, the zealous giving of yourself so that other people will thrive, so that other people will flourish. And we can talk about faith and, and, uh, and we hopefully correct the assumption that only religious people live by faith. Everybody lives by faith. Whether you're religious or not, whether you're an atheist or not, everybody lives by faith. But we as Christians know that our faith is choosing to trust and act based on a true knowledge of God and God's ways that's founded in a relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that every single day we need to trust and act based on that relationship with God, based on that true knowledge of God and God's ways. And so we'll talk about the faith, we'll talk about the love, and we'll talk about how those are absolutely essential for us to live our lives fruitfully as Christians, but hope is also important. The greatest of the three might be love, but certainly hope is absolutely essential. If you ever look at the front of City Temple and happen to gaze up uh, over the portico there of City Temple and wonder what the, those three uh, statues up there symbolize, they symbolize faith, hope, and love. And you know the one that's, that's faith is the one that's sitting in the middle on the throne, love is the one that has the children, and uh, hope is the one that's holding on the anchor. And so if you ever want to take a look at that, because these are absolutely essential. We need faith, we need love, but we also need hope. But what is hope? You know, one of the challenges we face is that when most people today talk about hope, it's a bit like when people talk about love, you know? Uh, the way that we use that in English, we say, oh man, I love pizza. I love chocolate. I love sunshiny days. I love my wife. And I love God. Does that mean we're equating God with sunshiny days? It certainly doesn't mean that I equate my wife with chocolate. Uh, and so we're often confused in our society about the meaning of love because we use that word in so many different ways. But most of the time when people in our society are using the word love, they're, they're talking about some song, strong emotional attachment or some strong desire, but they have no clue about biblical love, which is the self-giving commitment to others for their benefit. That's biblical love. And so we need constantly to be thinking about that and challenging ourselves to have an understanding of love that accords with the scriptures. The same is true about hope. In our society, when people say hope, they mean a lot of different things. Like, well, I hope that I might win the lottery. Uh, I hope that I might have a date uh, on Saturday night. Uh, I hope that I might succeed in my job. I hope that my child might grow up and not be a serial killer. Uh, I hope that uh, the pastor will preach a good sermon on Sunday. I hope 
that my life is going to work out. I hope that this film that I've just paid 10 quid to see is going to be decent. I hope that this meal that I just spent 100 quid on, uh, or I'm going to spend 100 quid on, is going to be good. And so what we use that word for, there's such a diversity and variety of meanings. And basically, what we're talking about is oftentimes nothing more than wishful thinking. I hope life is going to turn out well for me. I mean, that is pure wishful thinking. There's nothing to it. Now, sometimes we'll use it in a way that's closer to the the normal English definition of the word, which is a sense of expectation that something might happen. But actually, most of the time, and you'll start listening to people use the word hope, most of the time people who use the word hope are using it in the sense of wishful thinking. I hope that things will be good. Whether or not they expect them to be good doesn't make any difference. In fact, sometimes people have an expectation that things are going to be bad and that they say, well, I hope that it will turn out okay. That's not hope. It's certainly not biblical hope. So I want to give you a definition of what I call Christian hope. And like a lot of my definitions, I'll say this is a bit uh, provisional. So I'll be updating it, and, and as, I, as I ponder on this, as I reflect on this over the next few weeks, we'll be updating it, changing it a bit, uh, refining it a bit here or there. But here's my definition. Christian hope is an earnest expectation of good, good outcomes, and a good future based on a true knowledge of God and God's Word founded on a relationship with the Father through Jesus the Son, the resurrected Jesus Christ, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me give that to you again. An earnest expectation of good, good outcomes, and a good future based on a true knowledge of God and God's Word founded on a relationship with the Father through the resurrected Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now you'll notice how similar this is to faith. And actually, biblical hope is very close to biblical faith in concept. In fact, in the Old Testament, there are some words that can be translated either faith or hope, depending on the whim of the translator. But this is very close. So let me give it to you one more time. An earnest expectation of good, good outcomes, and a good future based on a true knowledge of God and God's word founded in a relationship with the Father through the resurrected Jesus Christ in the power of the Holy Spirit. Now notice as we have Christian hope, Christian hope expects good. It expects good. Now, it might be an unspecified good. It might be a good outcome. So we look at a text like Romans chapter 8. All things work together for good for those who are called, uh, who love God and are called according to his purpose. Or it can be an expectation of a good future, in particular, a future when Jesus Christ comes again. But Christian hope 
is an expectation of good. And it's an expectation of good that's based on a true knowledge of God and God's word. If God has not promised me something, then is it legitimate for me, is it hopeful for me to expect that he would give me something he's never promised? We need to understand who God is, and we need to understand God's word, and the only way we understand who God is is through God's word, through the Bible. Uh, But our understanding of God and his word as Christians has to be founded in a relationship with God the Father through God the Son who has risen from the dead and in the power of God the Holy Spirit. That is our hope as Christians. And this hope is the missing middle so often from our lives. If we are going to live fruitfully in Jesus Christ, we need faith, We need love, but we also need hope. Faith, hope, and love. These three remain. These three, according to Paul, are absolutely essential for us. These three are absolutely important for us. The greatest is love, but faith and hope are absolutely essential. And if we do not have hope, Christian hope, Biblical hope, if we do not have hope, we cannot live fruitfully for Jesus Christ. And these weeks ahead, we're going to be looking at different facets of hope. And we're also going to start next week by looking at false hope. What are some of the things today that people are putting their hope in that are absolutely false, that cannot bring real good outcomes for everybody. And so we'll start looking at that, but we'll explore this whole dynamic for hope. In the meantime, begin to ponder, begin to reflect in your own life. Do you have love? It's the greatest. You need love. Do you have faith? And do you have hope? And if any one of those is missing, begin today to ask the Lord to stir them up in your heart, to stir them up in your mind, to stir them up in your life so that you might live fruitfully for Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Thank you for giving us hope. Thank you that in your presence there is no such thing as an utterly hopeless situation. That in your presence, there is no such thing as an utterly hopeless time. That even though things might seem hopeless from our perspective, they are not. And so fill our hearts, fill our minds, fill our lives with hope. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.